0: turn yourself into the man or woman that you would be proud of. Turn yourself into the man or the woman that you would be proud of. So in business, entrepreneurship, some people are proud of the finances on paper, but then they have a drinking problem or they have an anger problem, or they do drugs, or they don't communicate with their family. Like, not saying everyone, but it's very common that a lot of high level entrepreneurs and business owners, they lack a lot of other things because all they did was gung ho business and nobody wants to be in the mansion lonely Right. Having personal issues. So yeah. I would ask yourself, what do I need to do to become the man or woman that I will be proud of in all areas? Because it is a reality. It's just rare to find those individuals.
1: I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at Humble Zone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that'll reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit HomestudioMastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities thank you for tuning in to hacks and hobbies with your host junaid we're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life want to learn their story their struggles and their journey on how they got to where they are today so stick around in this episode we have a remarkable guest with us derek johnson derek shares his extraordinary journey from growing up with a disciplined german mother and a strict drill sergeant father to serving in the U.S. Army and becoming a martial artist. He opens up about the challenges he faced and how he turned his pain into a gift, ultimately forging a path of resilience and empathy. Yet, get ready to be inspired as Derek reveals the transformative power of perseverance. Let's dive in. Johnson. Derek, thank you so much for coming on and being a guest on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Derek. The very first thing that I love to dig into is the story, the journey, and and there's so many amazing things that we go through through in our lives, and we've known each other for maybe a couple of weeks, but I'm sure our guest hasn't heard the where you come from, and I love to jump into the origin story to dig into what got you started and what got you here, so let's Jump right in. For
0: sure. I appreciate it. So first off, my name is Derek Johnson, and I'm originally from Pensacola, Florida. So the panhandle in Florida. As a child, we grew up in Germany for a couple of years because my dad was Army and my mother is German. So he was stationed in Germany. We lived there till elementary school. Then we moved to Florida, lived throughout Florida. And then I stayed there through our college. And then also I spent 10 years in the U.S. Army as well. So growing up with the structure of a German mother, very disciplined, very Mm gung-ho and professional, basically that's where I get my OCD from. And then on dad's side, he was like the drill sergeant. So you had the best of both worlds when it came to discipline. So growing up, I always saw my parents up at 4 or 5 a.m. Exercising, always focused. And then from the outside, everything seemed very successful. We had a beautiful house in Florida with the pool and all that, but they had very rough upbringings, so Mm -hmm. they didn't have the inner work, and the inner change they needed. So I essentially became the verbal and physical punching bag grown up, which basically forged my career. And they knew I could handle it. Like I was yeah. always calm. I was a calm, quiet kid. But I was in martial arts into fitness. And those were my outlets. So literally at 12 years old, I was listening to Tony Robbins tapes, Les Brown, just like trying to become my own psychologist, because I was like, yeah. all right, I know this is not normal. I got to fix this. But yeah, so growing up with the discipline and the professional side was amazing. But then on the flip side, being the receiver of other people's traumas, it more so helped me grow up and mature much faster. And looking back in hindsight, it's a blessing in disguise. And I always use the phrase, our pain is our gift. So I've always used that as fuel, which I believe anybody that's been through very dark things with family or just personal, they can connect with people on a deeper level. So I've just always been that person that I could sit at the airport. And a stranger would come up and just pour out their life story. And I just, I'm there and I'm like, hey, I don't know if I have that face or that energy or something, but I appreciate it because I know what it feels like not to have somebody to pour into or pour on. Yeah. So growing up with those parents, the discipline, and then that really forged my career in athletics along Mm -hmm. with the U.S. Army. So being able to lead from the front and just being that quiet kid that was the observer, I would always see the trauma and all the things, but I would always take mental note like, why is this happening? They didn't mm-hmm. get this. And just seeing all that, I grew up hyper intelligent about my awareness, which I didn't realize was like the cheat code for careers. But it's very interesting. So, like, some people, yeah. that's their gift, and others, they just repeat the family
1: curses, quote unquote. But yeah. So, in a nutshell, nice. <laughs> that's that. <laughs> That's really interesting how you've got the discipline coming from both your mom and dad. And now you're like, this is what I've got to do. So are you the only child or do you also have siblings? I have older sisters,
0: so I was the youngest. But I was, I'm also the only boy, so they didn't want to take it all on the girls. And I was the youngest, but I, <laughs> I appreciated it. So as a kid and teen, I would always watch movies and read biographies of people that went through things way worse. So I would tell myself, I'm not allowed to complain. I have my limbs. We have a roof over our head. We live in Florida. We had a pools. I was like, I really can't complain. I was like, I I can take what's happening. So I would always take my mind to the extremes to make the current situation minuscule. No matter like how many 300 plus days a year, there was like wild nights and all that, but it just forged everything. So it was interesting how, and I don't know if that was faith from God or if it's just a gift but I was always able to like zoom out mm-hmm. from the current stressful situation to say, this is making me into something. So right. as a kid and teen, I would learn these dark stories of other men and women that would succeed. And I was like, all right, they went through something way worse. Here's proof. And I would just stay in that zone. I'm not saying
1: that works that easy for everyone. I don't know. I always resonated with it. It's, it is definitely a tough journey to so my mind. Go I was through. like, I'm in the cave. Oh yeah. But in hindsight, you are like, Oh, I'm glad I went through that. But when you're in it, oh my God, when is the storm going to end? Exactly. Right? You got to really zoom out. And one of the lessons that we that we have in in the Muslim culture is that, hey, you we are so blessed. Look at somebody who has less than us. Yes. We are so much blessed. We have a roof over our head. We're, we're living in such good conditions. We got air conditioning on. Can think about people, billions of other people who don't have what we have. So we should be thankful and grateful for what we do have and see how we can look at the silver lining of exactly. This. And to think about, if even if you think about, you kept mentioning the word forged, forge you into the person you are. And the funny thing is to make swords, the sharpest sword, they go through so much heat and so much hammering down on them To be able to come out to that shiny silver blade only through perseverance, only through the hard hitting or or the heat. Without that, it's not possible.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and I love that analogy of just having that simple analogy in life. And then sometimes just zooming out, looking at people in our lives that we see Mm -hmm. as quote unquote successful. And the more we peel back the layers, we learn about them. We're like, wait a minute. He went through this. Yeah, No wonder, or she went through this. And once they pull right. back to the layers, they're like, wow, these people are actually relatable. They're not just social media famous or social media rich. They've right. actually exactly. been through the trenches and been through real things. And they've come out on the other side to then serve. So I've always loved learning people's journey and stories of that. But yeah, so with those things happening at home, it basically made ROTC in high school and college and also mm-hmm. the army with drill sergeants in my face. It made that like a walk in the park. Because when the drill sergeants were in my face, I would try so hard not to laugh because in my head, I was like, my five foot one German mother would rip you guys apart. And my six (laughs) foot four dad would destroy So I'm like, "Yeah, I had the craziest parents, so this is nothing. But then I realized that I just did not have fear when it came to a violent or physical standpoint growing up. And that was to an advantage where I realized mm. that I was always the quote unquote father of my friend groups. I would always be the guy that took care of everybody. You need a ride. You need this. Sure. And I always just felt very comfortable being the protector and serving others. I always wanted to be hyper vigilant. And nowadays, looking back, I can see that even though the words, I love you, we're not really using our household at all. Mm. I show so much love to strangers, clients, or whoever Cause I know what it feels not to truly have that on a deep level. And I feel like that's why I'm like that friend who will be there at any given moment and actually means it. A lot of people, they just say, it, but they're like, why are you calling me at 3am? I'm just like, where do you need me? Let's do it. I don't care. So it's always interesting. What somebody was lacking, they mm-hmm. can give a lot of in the future.
1: That's so true because you understand what it's like to be in those shoes. And the more it's not, a remedy, right? It's not something that you would wish on anybody, but yeah. <laughs> going through those, those hot coals or Tony Robbins, right? He does this in his events where you walk, literally walk over fire. Yes. It's to show you that, hey, you have the capacity to do anything that you put your mind to. Exactly.
0: And those are interesting stories. If people can zoom back on their own life and see what they've endured... I like to always use the analogy with people and say, hey, you honestly have a hundred percent win ratio. So if mm-hmm. you think of your darkest times, you're still here, you're still alive. There's still a hundred blessings you can count right now. So technically you're undefeated. And at first, people are like, No, no, I'm going through that. I understand that, but let's zoom out. And then I would show them very extreme examples. I'm mm-hmm. like, my story is nothing. Look at this, look at Somalia, look at these countries, Syria. Yeah. Bombing. We don't have any of that in the states or whatever country somebody's in. It's very rare. So when they go to the extremes, they can bring themselves to the present moment. And usually with most people, it's, oh, my boss is annoying or Wi-Fi was glitchy or my microphone's not sounding the way I want or this (laughs) and that. Like there might be 20 of those small things, but they're more so irritated. They're not really going through any real quote unquote trauma. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when we just humble ourselves for a moment and say, what am I truly complaining about? I have a thousand dollar phone in my hand. Yeah, I got $800. Like we got all this stuff. What yes. is really going on? So yeah, yeah. sometimes we all just have to
1: sit back for a second. <laughs> man, but you put things in perspective, man. I absolutely appreciate that. Now, what's beautiful is that you've been a soldier of the year for your battalion. You've been awarded soldier of the year for three times. Tell us about that. How is that? And you showed us the pathway of where you come from. and it makes sense that you would achieve these kind of awards but talk us through one of those achievements yeah for sure so
0: how it works in the US army is you're not required to go to the board but essentially when you go to the board means you're going up to get an award for soldier of the year or any other accolades so what it consists of is number 1 the physical fitness tests and a lot of different physical training number 2 you take written exams and stress but those exams are done after Days or hours of physical training. So it's all a oh mental test to see if you can still pass. So it's not just, like, hey, we just had a hot breakfast and I'm going to go right. in this classroom with air conditioning. Yeah. They wear you down to make sure to see if in that moment you can still tap into it and regurgitate all the knowledge that you consume. Wow. And then last but not least, which is most people's scaredest part or the part that they have the most fear of, is speaking to the board, where basically you w- walk up to a door, you pound on it, they call you in you stand at attention by a chair, and all the higher ranks, generals, sergeant majors, all the high ranks are sitting at a table where they're just like scorch you with that eye contact. And that's where most <laughs> people crumble. I thrived in those areas because I saw that 300 plus days a year for 17 right. years. I was like, this is nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys aren't even allowed to touch me right now. So this is whatever. But I realized that I could be very calm in those moments. Mm. And I appreciated those. And in that regard, you take the written test and then the verbal test is when they ask you and drill you with questions to see if you'll stumble. So this guy will say something, or will ask you something totally different. The whole intent is to confuse you, to get you stressed, to see how you'll do. So it's very interesting. And I realized that in business, with a coaching business or marketing agency, working with a lot of clients and staff and all that, I'm able to compartmentalize situations just like in the military and still stay calm. Even though in my head, I'm probably cussing somebody out or flipping my desk over but I don't release it (laughs) I can handle it much better and it's very interesting to see how those different moments forge the mind Mm -hmm. to stay calm and resilient in those situations but that's essentially how it is in the U.S. Army other branches it may be different but those are the three things a written exam after physical mental exhaustion the verbal exam where they drill you in person and then the last one is the physical training which consists of whatever they want to create because it's up to them and then from there, whoever scores the best based off all of these with the percentage, then you would win male or female soldier of the year for the battalion, platoon, whatever the sector is. But it's very interesting. I just always love the challenge, and that's the only reason I did it. Amazing. Like, sometimes when some units they'll celebrate via email, they're like, "Oh, by the way, so and so got soldier of the year," and they're like, "Cool." Some they treat it like a big deal. They have you in front of the platoon or in front of the company, but it all depends on like the company commander. But it was more so like an internal thing that I never mm-hmm. wanted to leave any boxes unchecked. I always try to go all out in whatever I do, so at least I know I can lay down and say, "Hey, I gave it all." Even if I did fail, whatever it is, yeah. I just try to make sure that I left it all on the table because I think the worst thing for people is you see that missing piece. They're like, "I ah, didn't
1: do that. Part. I should
0: have did three more reps, mm-hmm. or I should have made two more phone calls, or my future wife turned me down because I didn't ask <laughs> for another date,
1: whatever it is." <laughs> so Derek. It's, that is a lot of mental stress and mental is, are there ways that you found to release some pressure? Like I'm sure there's, you've got to have the balance. Yes,
0: definitely. So I like to stick to the basics. So I know nowadays there's a lot of neuroscience. There's a lot of hacking. There's ice baths. There's all kinds of stuff in the social media and it Mm -hmm. does work, but I like to keep it simple and just every day, spend some time outdoors. If it's raining, if it's sunny, go on a walk and get grounded as in take your shoes and socks off and actually feel nature. Mm. And you don't have to be out there all day. We're not doing yoga for an hour. Just in general, just get in touch with nature because we're on devices all day long. Yeah. Phones, laptops, TVs. Like we're, we're never not looking at a screen. Some mm. people use Kindles. They don't even read because they're looking at a screen. They don't read actual <laughs> books. So all day long, they're looking at screens. Yeah. With that being said, that's always step one. I always recommend to people 20 minutes a day, doesn't matter what time of day it is. Outside of that is, I recommend people do bioenergetics. Mm-hmm. Essentially what that is, it is like a ten- temper tantrum for adults. So it sounds funny. And if you see somebody do it, you probably will think they're on drugs. But if you look back at past cultures in Africa and Mexico, all around the world, they've all done this. And mm-hmm. it's basically they'll jump they'll start laughing, they'll dance, they'll cry, and it's very controlled. But essentially what I used to do is I would go to the beach in Florida at the sunrise and I would just walk. And then I would slowly start to jog and then I would think of my past and I would start to sprint. And then I get to a point where I couldn't sprint anymore and then I would just naturally just release. I would cry, I would laugh, and just something would take me over. And then for about three weeks, I'd be calm. Or I was like, Mm. all right, I need to release that. I don't know if that was what happened when I was seven, if yeah. this was from two years ago, but I would just release. Where the rest of the month, I would literally just be calm. Wow. So besides those things, is also just recommend that everybody just exercise five to seven days a week. It doesn't always have to be super intense. Sure. I always wake up at the same time, four a.m. My first two hours are for me, and the rest of the day is all for everybody else. And it's all about just prepping the body and the mind. So those are the main things wow. that I would recommend. Get in touch with nature have a solid morning routine where you actually have some u time opposed to waiting till night and it, it just makes you way more proactive mm-hmm. too many people are reactive they hit snooze six times they're late to this they're late they're just reacting all day long so it's right. not anyone else's fault with their own and you could sense it in their face and their body language you're just like yeah your first 10 minutes you were just annoyed <laughs> when you woke <laughs> up
1: <laughs> oh my god that's that is really interesting because I I see a lot of it within my life within within my day-to-day the people that i'm interacting with and i kind of understand where they're coming from and then i can see that they didn't have a great start in their morning maybe and sometimes you're like hesitant to tell somebody like hey you should do this or do that it's like maybe i'm not the right person to tell you that maybe a coach needs to tell you that right sometimes it's that situation um
0: Dude, yeah, happens. for sure. With this scenario like that, you can create a challenge as well. Mm. Like if there's a team of 10, you can say you can say, Hey, every Friday we all send an email to see who did what in the morning routine. And it's not about it's not about the amount of things you do, it's so, more so what are we doing to prep for the day? So my thing is I run to the gym, I hit the weights, I run home, take the dog out, then I'm ready. Yeah. And my mind is calm and confident. So depending on what somebody's work schedule is. I would just recommend just getting active in the morning, Mm -hmm. not that afternoon workouts are bad or night, but if you can just prime the mind and the body in the morning, you have way more control because everyone can relate. We've all had a workout. The rest of the day, we crush sales calls. We crush presentations. We're like, who showed up yesterday? I sucked at this. I couldn't even get a word out, (laughs) but it's interesting. Just that little shift just to tap out. And again, it always goes back to the basics. That's what I focus on a lot. Because there's a lot of things that confuse people now, social media, modalities, all those things work. But if somebody can just get down the basics, the last thing I would leave people with is waking up at the exact same time, seven days a week. They can wake up whenever they want. I wake up early to have two hours to myself. Yeah. It preps the mind, body, and I work on my faith. But if they can do that, even on the weekends, they don't necessarily have to grind on a Sunday, but yeah. if they just stay up, their circadian rhythm, it's much more balanced and they have way more control. So that way, every Monday, they don't have to catch up. And then they don't get into the workflow till Wednesday. Right. Because they are still lagging. <laughs> and they, they can break
1: that cycle. So <laughs> I love that so much because it's it's probably going to help me too, because it's Wednesday, obviously, right? And I'm yes. catching up on things that I was working on last week. And it's, okay, I should have done a little better job at engaging with this stuff. And with my wife's travel coming up next week, it's going to be a It's going to be a fun week for sure. Oh, yeah. You got all the kids for yourself. (laughs) Exactly. All the kids for myself. All right. We're going to take a quick five minutes break. And then when we get back, you're going to share three hacks to take away. You've already shared so many amazing tips that people can uh, implement in their lives. But these three hacks are going to set them apart and get them on the way to a prosperous journey. I'm Junaid Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that'll reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com And how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Alright guys, we are back. We were talking to Derek Johnson. And I'm almost feeling a mindset shift because there's so much positivity that Derek is bringing to this show. And this is a positive show regardless, but there's a lot of energy in this episode. And I'm totally... Loving it. Derek, thank you so much. You've got three hacks to share for the audience. So let's jump right in. For sure. So, hack number
0: one. Before I get started, all these three hacks are just psychological shifts that you will say out loud or in your head. Number one is people depend on me. So, the scenario is the alarm goes off and you don't feel like getting up. You want to hit snooze. You don't feel like getting on Zoom. You don't feel like whatever everybody's naturally selfish as humans. We're all selfish. We're like me, why me? The next time those moments pop up, which might be today or tomorrow, say in your head or out loud, people depend on me. And like, when I say it right now, I have chills on my arms because I just think of family, clients, the kid that was just as lonely as I was back. I don't know, it just gives me a shift. Like I'm always getting teary-eyed doing it because I say it so much, but people depend on me and another part of you takes over. You get so hyper-focused that you're not worried about Three hours of sleep or 200 milligrams of caffeine instead of whatever it is. But number one, start utilizing that phrase in your head and out loud more. People depend on me. And it's most important in the moments that we're trying to procrastinate or not do that thing. People depend on me. Somebody needs this, somebody needs that, whatever it is. We all have someone, it might not be kids, it might not be a neighbor, but somebody's watching on the internet. They might not say anything yet, but after a while, hey, I appreciate that episode or I appreciate what you're doing. And you're like, wow didn't even realize he or she was watching. So Mm -hmm. number one is people depend on me. Number two is turn yourself into the man or woman that you would be proud of. Turn yourself into the man or the woman that you would be proud of. So in business entrepreneurship, some people are proud of the finances on paper, but then they have a drinking problem or they have an anger problem or they do drugs or they don't communicate with their family. Like, not saying everyone, but it's very common that a lot of high level entrepreneurs and business owners, they Mm -hmm. lack a lot of other things because all they did was gung ho business. And nobody wants to be in the mansion lonely, right? Having personal issues. So I would ask yourself, what do I need to do to become the man or woman that I will be proud of in all areas? Because it is a reality. It's just rare to find those individuals. Mm -hmm. And then last but not least is how will my family be affected? by my life? How will my family be affected by my life? The term legacy gets thrown around a lot. We hear it so much now that it almost has no feeling, Mm -hmm. but learning the darkest parts of your past family and your family tree can really put things into perspective. So my mother's German. So I like to think of my grandma surviving the Holocaust in the attic. So when I'm stressed, I literally will think of her in the attic and say, what am I complaining about? And it goes away. Yeah, she was in the attic. And then my dad is African American. He's from Mississippi. And my great grandpa on that side, they dealt with some other dark stuff. So I think of both. And I'm like, what am I really complaining about? Yes, I was a child that heard this and that, but mm. it was not Holocaust. And it was not extreme racism at that time. So here we are, I yeah. can handle anything. So I would challenge people. The last thing with their legacy is to learn about your family tree on both sides. What do they endure? whether you like them or not, but you're here for a reason. And once you can learn those, things start to make sense where you're not just angry at this person. You learn their backstory, you learn grandpa's, and you're like, okay, that's why they are the way they are. And then you can have more control. So I would leave people with those three
1: things. Man, those are powerful. People depend on me. And what's funny is that there's four, five people in my house that depend on me, like literally when you see your kids, (laughs) okay, I got to make sure that I'm doing all the things But it's a great reminder for myself also, because anytime I'm feeling like I don't want to do this, I'm like, people depend on me. I got to go do this. I got to make this happen for them. Love that. Thank you so much.
0: No problem. And And... the interesting thing that... Sorry, good. Keep going. Keep going. (laughs) The interesting thing that happens in those moments is you can feel that person's energy. We've all had a manager, a coach on sports team, A preacher, whoever in our life has had that energy where you can tell that they're worn out, that they're stressed, but they still show up wholeheartedly for you. And you're like, wow, he or she looks like they need some sleep, but they're still here. They didn't have to do this. And that person, they operate in that level. They're like, people depend on me. And it's inspiring and people feel it because nowadays the culture and society is soft. So they like give up before they even felt any pain or stress. So everybody's like dwindling down. So if you can be that rare individual who still shows up for everyone else, Powerful shifts happen because that makes that deeper change than just what they see. They can
1: feel it. That's so good, man. That's so good. And what's beautiful Les, is that you've helped and worked with over 500 clients in 50 different companies. How does that make you feel to even get to that number, which is, wow, 500 people if you put in one room, now, that's a conference. Yes. So how it makes me feel is honestly fulfilling.
0: The reason why, not the financial portion and everything else, but My favorite thing about what I do, whether it is for marketing clients or coaching clients, is getting that text. I just had my first date in five years. Mm -hmm. I overcame drinking. I haven't touched that bottle in six months. I'm able to fit in these pants. My husband wants to be physical with me again in the bedroom. (laughs) Whatever it is, I just did my first presentation without stuttering. All those individual moments that people don't necessarily really post about, Those make me the most proud, especially Mm. during the holidays. I'll look at clients current and past. I'll look at their social media and I'm like, oh, he's got a new car. He's on a vacation. Two years ago, he wouldn't have been able to do this. All those little moments that fulfills me because I know they're happy. But most importantly, it's a positive ripple effect. When they're in a better mentality and take care of themselves, their kids, their wife, like everybody they come in contact with. So in terms of frequency, energy, vibration, whatever somebody wants to call it, we can positively affect people opposed to being in a low state, negatively infecting. So I would ask people, are you infecting people today or mm. affecting people today in a positive
1: way and just shifting that energy? That's such a powerful way to look at it. And and, and it's funny that this is popping up in my head. I've been recently watching videos on magnetism, right? Nice. So the earth has the North Pole and the South Pole. And funny enough, the North Pole is the stronger pole and South Pole is a weaker pole. Now, North Pole has a positive sign and the South Pole has a negative sign. And to magnetize any piece of metal, you simply need to rub magnet on it and it becomes magnetized because what it's doing, it's positioning all the elements to point north. But if you were to drop that piece of element that you just positively charged, it drops that magnetism because it's now in disarray. All the elements inside it is in disarray. And that's the default state for anything at all. And if you look at the human mind, we need these positive affirmations from externally or internally. to get right back on track, right? When you're off track, you're feeling depressed. You're feeling like nothing is going the right way. So it's really, it it just goes in line with the nature of things too. So that's pretty awesome. Exactly. I wanted to bounce off that. I teach my
0: clients a lot to use their alter ego if they have one. So sometimes- Derek doesn't want to do anything. So I have to tap into my alter ego or mm-hmm. you have another alter ego. You played sports or did something in the past where you're like, yeah. that guy can go for three days straight without sleeping. He's in that zone yeah. where everybody has it to an extent, especially people that played sports. Mm. We relate to it a lot. So if they're familiar with Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Cristiano oh, yeah. Ronaldo, they're very gung-ho on the field or on the court. But as people they are very laid back, quiet, charismatic. But once it's game face time, they just go all in. So I would challenge people to, reignite that alter ego, or if they don't have one, maybe they've given themselves a nickname, maybe they're 16. And they, they always wanted a different name. They right. thought their name right. was corny. Mm-hmm. If they had some name, use that name, and it can tap into that person as needed. So that's who wakes up at four, who runs at the gym. Derek just wants to cuddle with his girlfriend and his dog, but (laughs) my alter ego, he's killing it because he's people depend on me and he operates at a different level where I'm like, oh man, he's half robot. I don't even know
1: how he does it. So (laughs) I just play a mental game all day. (laughs) Man, that is powerful. I love it, Derek. All right, let's jump right into the rapid fire question that I love. What is the one hobby that you wish you got into?
0: One hobby I wish I got into? I would say stand-up comedy Mm. because most comedians have been through some dark stuff so they use comedy to help others and being in the military we all have dark humor so Mm -hmm. i would definitely say stand-up comedy would be something that i feel like i could get on stage and just talk about stuff but definitely
1: (laughs) oh man that's good that would be a fun show to watch so when you do get and do that please let me know i want to go i want to come see you oh yeah for sure i love comedy i love comedy (laughs) All right. When did you want to be when you were a child? I wanted to be someone that I needed,
0: Mm. be someone that I needed. At first I thought about athletics, doing all the the main goals a child or a teen would have, but Mm -hmm. the darker life got, I just wanted to be like people's superhero. So I always told myself, I'm going to turn myself physically and mentally into a superhero and give that guy to the world. And it sounds crazy to say because I was so young, but that's just what I saw. Because all I watched was Rocky, Bruce Lee, and all this stuff.
1: <laughs> and I just
0: tried to basically brainwash myself
1: into positivity while going through those things. So that's amazing. it worked. <laughs> it it did work. Wow. That was, those were some crazy stuff. Crazy stuff for sure. All right. What is your favorite movie or TV show? Favorite movie is Scarface. Oh, Wow.
0: All, I, I do the legal things, but just in terms of the mentality of anybody that just dominates and does what they say they will, and in terms of like foreigners coming to America or whatever country they go to, and obviously he went into the drug space, but yeah. in general, just that mentality of anybody that just goes all out, it just always inspired me. And in terms of music, a lot of artists have similarities to Scarface and all that, sure. so I always was drawn to those type of stories.
1: Nice. Our next question is going to be fun. What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? I would choose I am Legend mm. and play the character
0: of Will Smith. Yes, because uh, for each person that has seen it, it has a different
1: feeling or a different meaning to them. Mm-hmm. No, that that was a really good movie for sure. and Will Smith has played some really amazing characters. Oh, yeah. Um, People inf- forget all the good
0: roles that he had. I know, they see, right? They see the personal drama or the fabricated drama and they forget oh, how good of an actor he really is. <laughs>
1: it's pretty crazy. In fact, uh, I had a guest on the podcast who got to work with Will Smith on Independence Day. Awesome. And how Will Smith researched and he said, Hey, I want to, what movie should I get into that's going to really put me on top? And sci fi action movies. Is the entry key to really kick it up a notch. So that was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah. Who
0: is your favorite superhero? Favorite superhero? He's not Marvel or DC, but his name is Greg Plitt. Mm. The legendary Greg Plitt. He was a U.S. Army officer and fitness model. Besides coaching and the military, I used to model. And he's the one that got me into it. Because he's not just fitness model, but he also inspired so many people. So in college when i was going through things i would literally go to Gregplit.com and watch videos and he'd be in his mansion just like pouring his heart out to the world it was crazy i was like wait he's in shape helping millions of people they come up to him crying at the expos and he was just like a walking anomaly i was like i want to do what he's doing so if people don't know who that is they use his body a lot in still to this day in a lot of marvel and dc movies oh interesting So so he passed away but if you look up greg plitt on youtube you're going to want to run through a wall and do push-ups for an hour right when you hit play. So.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, my God, I love it. All
1: right, last question. If you were a board game, what would it be?
0: What was that? If I was a board? board if game? you were a board game,
1: what would it be? I would say Monopoly. Yeah, Monopoly is a fun... It's an awesome game. And, and oh, yeah. That sounds exciting. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Derek, thank you so much for your coming on and sharing your journey, the amazing hacks, as well as the wisdom that you've acquired over your lifetime. We can't wait to bring you back in a future episode and learn where you've, you know, where you've come <laughs> since the last I really appreciate it. episode. Thanks and again for having me. I hope somebody can take at least one or two nuggets from this and utilize it. Absolutely, man. Where, what's your favorite place for people for you to connect with? we're going to be sharing all the links in the show notes anyways but what's your favorite platform
0: my favorite platform is instagram it just feels more personal and that is fit with derek 2 fit with derek and then number two at the end my whole intent of that is to show a daily process where i'll tell my clients and friends that i don't miss like i barely sleep and i'm like if you see me not missing that means you should go harder (laughs) And I'm just fully transparent about everything where I'm like, hey, same guy online, same guy in person. I love it. I'm not for everyone. But if you resonate with raw energy, then, hey, I might be for you. (laughs) Let's go.
1: Awesome. Thank you again, Derek. We'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you.